Rosenstock, and with me today I have Michelle Berryman from the Fundraising Institute of New Zealand, the Executive Director. Hello, Michelle. Hi there. Hi, Terry. And is that the right title? Yep. It's um, the Executive Director of the Fundraising Institute of New Zealand, which most people know as FINS. Yes. Yeah. And although every time I say FINS, they have no idea. And yeah. then I say what it is, and they still have no idea. But, <laughs> yeah. but a really, definitely an important organization. It's yes. just one of those that it's doing all the behind the scenes work. Yeah, absolutely. So FINS exists to, um, it's a professional body for fundraising uh, professionals in New Zealand. So if you're like a chartered accountant or, you know, you might belong to the Chartered Accountants Association or you Plumbers Association or should a surgeon, you know, there are all of these professional body organisations that you will belong to. So FINS is the professional body for fundraising in New Zealand. A little bit different in some ways um, because we're not mandated. So it's not compulsory to to be a member of FINS, um, which I I would love to see the day where it is. and also we have um, both uh, we have a, a varying degree of membership so you can either be an individual member an organisational member or a corporate member and I guess the organisations scoop up all the big charities so we've got you know your big charities like your St John's your Red Crosses and all your kind of big powerful ones right down to your, your little kiboshes and um, you know your um, all sorts of organisations that are, are part of FINS so um, anyone that's fundraising in New Zealand should absolutely be a member of FINS are there other countries that it is compulsory to belong to an organisation um, like this? Not compulsory, but um, so every country does have the equivalent of FINS. So we're very close to our sister um, sister organisation, FIA, over in Australia. Um, the UK is IOF, Institute of Fundraising. Um, the UK is a little bit different and, and was kind of in, in a sense that it was more it's more regulated there's a, a regulator body kind of being set up to regulate fundraising and they work very closely by with IOF mm. so slightly different setup much more regulated um, given the um, you might remember um, all those years ago there was an elderly woman who died um, you know um, Overwhelmed with the amount of DMs she was on, direct mail she was receiving, and mm-hmm. it was kind of, you know, it was suggested that that was why she, um, yeah, committed suicide. So it was a horrendous story and a horrible time for charities in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the the reaction, rightly so, from the public was one of we have to stop this soliciting and and monitor it. So thankfully, New Zealand are in a much better place, and um, we're the third generous country um, in the world. And I think our um, the the, the where we're at, we're, we're comfortable self-regulating, um, mm. and FINS is the body that um, helps to regulate the or, um, industry. And how long have you been a part of FINS? I've only been at FINS since, um, oh, coming up for 18 months actually, yep, just so, just finished my, my first year and um, into the, the, the second year, so um, not very long. Um, but I have, so I've heard from lots of different mm. people that have said that you have really uplifted what was becoming a bit of a stagnant organization. And, uh, and for instance, I, you know, I was at the last uh, conference and it was just phenomenal, the, um, the amount of detail that was looked mm. after. And um, you've, you've just done a really, really great job of making it uh, uh, seem, this might be a strong word, but more of a, a relevant organization for those who are fundraising. Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I 
was a fundraiser myself. I've been in the non-for-profit sector my, my whole life, since I was 15, actually. Um, and I um, I knew about Finns. I went to a few few things that Finns did. Um, and, yeah, I'm... I found it a little bit kind of yeah, a little bit same same. You know, it was a bit a bit a bit jaded and a bit tired. Um, and I think um, they were looking for a bit of new direction. Um, and uh, yeah, and so when it's gone through a lot of changes in the last four years, um, it's a very sad um, situation with with one previous CEO. Um, so yeah, a lot of instability and and looking for a little bit of new direction. And well, yeah, the feedback's been great. I think um, a lot of different, we're a more diverse range of fundraisers are now being um, attracted to Finns, which is really important. I think um, Finns really needs to, you know, show the diversity that we've got. We we've got organisations from all walks of life that are part of Finns. We've got fundraisers that are new, you know right through to, you know, from 18-year-olds right through to 80-year-olds fundraising in, in New Zealand. And I think um, from many backgrounds, from many cultures, I think the great thing about fundraising, I myself am one of these people. I'm, you know, completely uneducated. <laughs> I don't have a degree. Um, and that's one thing I'm really proud of, you know. I'm now executive director, um, you know, CEO of an organisation and I don't have a degree. And I, you know, even just a few years ago would have um, been quite embarrassed to admit that but mm. now I'm like quite proud and it's and, and I think um the, the fundraising sector offers that that opportunity for you to um really excel at something um without having that kind of you know that degree attached to your name that you have to have mm. yeah and I feel very strongly that regardless of what your background is or where you came from mm. or how you started as long as you're willing to put the work in yeah. and and have the grit to do it you can you can do what you want to do it's yes. not just going to magically yes. happen absolutely but you can make it happen yeah and i think more importantly you've got to love what you do mm. um and i think um fundraising aside from the actual kind of you know raising the money and, and doing the hard yards you've got to be connected to the cause somehow if you're not connected to the cause that you're fundraising for then you're going to be a rubbish fundraiser you know it's I, i've said this a few times like my passion is children and young people because my own experiences and so when it comes to anything to do with children and young people is where i'm at, at my best i'm not a animal lover um i've never worked for an animal charity but i suspect i wouldn't be as motivated mm. by the the cause um i think you know, to to do my my best. So I always advise, you know, when I'm I'm talking to people and I want to get into it, just do something that you know that when you get up in the morning you're making a difference for, it and you know that you're going to go there. And because fundraising is hard, mm-hmm. we don't just shake buckets and we don't just do sausage sizzles. <laughs> and I think um, when people. You, you know, when you when you tell people you're a fundraiser, they're like, look at you, quite curious. Like, mm. going, oh, is that a real job? Do you get paid for that? <laughs> and I think that is um, that's a real shame that it doesn't have that kind of um, you know professional kind of standard that people. Go, oh, that's cool. And no, we don't just shake buckets, and we don't just you know um, bother you on the street to sign up to to being a regular giver and things, or we don't just harass you on the phone. There's a whole other world to relationships and mm-hmm. and what we do and how we tell our stories and why we're. Doing Doing what we do, um, so I think that's um, that's really important. And I think if you and really care about the cause, you get to the bottom of the story because it's all about impact. What's the impact now? You know, it's not about charities saying give us money because we're awesome. It's about um, donors want to know what exactly you're going to do with their money, and and, right. and 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 rightly so. You know, the younger generations want more accountability and they want more transparency and 
they've got so much to choose from um, and ways to donate and give their money. They want you to be, you know, uh, responsible, um, diverse, you know, defer- offer diversity, inclusion, all of these things they're demanding from mm-hmm. organisations. And I think um, they have to move their thinking on how they raise money. Yeah, and ultimately, um, as the rock stars, Tom Ahern mm. and Jeff Brooks, who I think would be yeah. really excited to be called rock stars, yeah. 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 <laughs> would say is yeah. it's about emotion. Yeah. And people don't logically make decisions as much as they would like to yeah. think they do. It's it's about emotion, particularly in the fundraising yeah. sector. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and I think tapping into that emotion and... and and it's an interesting one because I always wonder why people give, you know, the psyche of why people give. And I think there is always an element of, always an element of because it makes you feel good. Mm. You know, there there has to be some kind of altruism in there for, for you. Um, you know, you get, when, remember when, it, it, sometimes when you're working, especially in particular at universities on capital campaigns, for example, you know, you might be building a new building and, and you get these donors or these philanthropists who want to give big gifts, you know, you'd tens of thousands and, and upwards of that but they want something like their name on the wall you know they want mm. they, they want an obvious show of their donation or their wealth um, and and that's kind of the extreme kind of example I guess of what people want in return for their money because then you'll get other you know other big donors who will give millions and don't want don't even want to be anonymous but I think even just the everyday person when they've got you know whatever it is is a big donation to them whether it's five dollars or fifty dollars they they want to feel good after they've done it and mm-hmm. so that that's that emotional you know, they want to feel that they have somehow helped the cause that they've just given that money to yeah yeah uh, an amazing testament that we received to that um effect at life flight was we um had our we sent out our surveys and asked people um just do you have anything else that you want to say and um, we had one gentleman who who wrote the comment that he wasn't quite sure at the beginning why he was giving he just sort of felt okay well i'll, I'll kind of mm-hmm. yeah i'll give because someone came to my door and it sounds like a decent cause yeah. and then he received the first newsletter and he said says I am now proud to mm. be a donor and you helped me to feel like I was making a difference yeah. and we were all excited because that's exactly what yeah. we were trying to do with the newsletter yeah. Yeah. And, and it really was just that testament that they really want to see how they're making an effect mm. not say rah rah this yeah. organization is great yeah yeah no absolutely and um, it's exciting I mean New Zealand like I say we're a third generous country and I think that's something really to be proud of mm. um, there's some still some huge challenges within New Zealand but I think um, I mean essentially without the, the charity sector the, the country would grind to a halt and that's the reality and you know we pick up the slack for so much government well it's controversial whether government should be doing it or not but mm. you know volunteer and, and included in that isn't just um money it's volunteer time volunteer hours um if if everything was was to stop if everyone was to stop giving their time or their money this country would would just grind to a halt mm. and i think people don't stop to realize that yeah and i think that's the other thing that's really important people say you know i can't give or, you know, I, I don't have the money, and, and that. But giving your time is really important, and mm-hmm. I, I don't think people realise how important time is to organisations. Um, whether it is kind of you know shaking a bucket for an hour, or whether it's going into the office and 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 licking envelopes for them. You know, there. If if you present yourself to an organisation and say, I'd really like to give you some time, a good organisation will 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 welcome you with open arms and. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and yeah you're not going to you know maybe get to cuddle the puppy dogs or you're not going to get to hang out with the families that have gone you know you're not there to provide support to the people that you're giving the money to um because we used to find that in some of the jobs i've had where they want to um they want to volunteer but they want to work Mm-hmm. with the people that you're trying to help right. and trying to explain to them well that's really inappropriate because th- these families are in a difficult situation and um, we're you know we're working with them in, in quite a specific way and, and they're not just to be wheeled out on show for, for people that want to give them a hug and, and I think that's important too that when, mm-hmm. when you're you know that you will be doing the the stuff that that it doesn't seem that kind of you know it's not very glamorous um, yeah. but it's the stuff that's make it that really is making the organization kind of take over yeah and I think um, being able to support with your professional expertise mm. so if you're in accounting or you're in software development mm. or anything like that if you go in and say I'd like to help with a project yeah that is incredibly useful oh yes yeah, especially um, anything to do with you know digit the digital world mm-hmm. website database um, IT it's just I mean I think the the recent I am study that came out from about the IT study something like 60 70 percent of charities um you know are, are their IT and their 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 whole digital world is not up is is, dra- is, is, is dragging them down so mm-hmm. there's huge opportunity in that space and that's where it's so expensive to to pay full retail for for what needs to be done as well so definitely in that space yeah absolutely and there are opportunities like google grants and things but when you're so bogged down in everything else it's it's tough to get that up and running and moving and meet the the requirements and and all of that finding the the the, yeah who when what date how there's yeah yeah a lot of stuff but how to work it out yeah, definitely. Yeah. So if anyone works in Google AdWords yeah. and <laughs> wants to help a charity, that yeah, can help touch. them that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you mentioned that there are some challenges specific to New Zealand in the charity world. And what would you say those are? Um, uh, I, I think there's a the whole level. Um, I mean, everyone more and more is, is uh, there's twenty seven and a half thousand charities in New Zealand. Three charities a week um, are created in New Zealand, and I think that is becoming a problem. Um, I think it would be really nice to. And it's really difficult because nobody wants to collaborate. Um, it, it is everyone wants to collaborate, but they don't when it comes to money. Mm-hmm. And so the idea, you know, I often get asked, um, "Oh, you know, Michelle, there's you know, 99 cancer charities in New Zealand. Why can't they all just become one and reduce the costs?" And you know, and, and it, even for someone like me, I'm like, actually, you know, why? And then you break it down, and you're like, yeah, um, well, yeah, you know, there's you see two build, you know, you you can see three different charity uh, cancer charities on the same street. Uh, in Wellington there is and you think why can't these guys why can't we all be under the same building because a lot of our you know clients are are the, the same people but um, historically there's a real um, and it's honourable but there's a real territorial kind of aspect to New Zealand mm. um, and I think when the, most of the charities kind of were set up around about 40 years ago they were set up to fill a gap fill a need and they were set up by the service users you know they were set up by parents or or you know um, dog owners or, or whoever it was that identified actually whatever service they were providing needed this this support so they all all these little satellite kind of groups that started up all around the country by volunteer parents grandmothers mothers and 
And as you know, times have changed and things have got a little bit more efficient. That that legacy is still still there, mm-hmm. um, and so that's I think that's been a big challenge for charities as they try and kind of nationalise into one organisation and try and make even their own organisations more efficient. Um, that they're struggling, mm-hmm. and to try and explain that to to even so if you can you know trying to bring just one organization into um, a national office let alone trying to collaborate with other charities I mean I, I now understand the, 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 the it's just it's it's huge and, mm-hmm. and but I can see it from the public's perspective you know they do get a little bit jaded with oh there's another charity and um, which then does lead to kind of you know charities kind of essentially fighting for the same dollar you know mm-hmm. and that's um, that's always always difficult too yeah yeah we we definitely ran into that um a bit with life flight Mm. in terms of rescue helicopters Mm -hmm. across the country that there's a lot of confusion and okay who do i support and which region i just thought they were all connected even i did and i was like oh really and they're all independently and you know and and then you you go back to the whole point a rescue helicopter shouldn't even be a charity in the first place right yeah that was the number one comment that we would receive we never received bad comments the 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 hardest one was always why doesn't the government fund you yeah. Well, you know, that's a tough question. Yeah, yeah. It, it definitely is. Um, and that's also part of the reason um, why some charities probably don't collaborate as well, because they're receiving various government funding, yeah. and then that would all become a whole big uh, brand new can of worms. I think one of the biggest challenges, I think, from Finns's perspective, um, is that because there's so much accountability, charities are really nervous about um, donor money, rightly so, because of some of the global scandals that go on. It doesn't take much um, for, for the slightest thing, a charity, as soon as, you know, um, you know, then there's been some really horrifying cases of charities one not so long ago with, with a big major charity um, that came out and when these stories come out of 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 not very nice things happening within charities the trust in the public does get questioned and so I think charities are always constantly a little bit on edge that they've got a social responsibility and they've got to be really transparent with their donor money and they've got to make sure that they, they spend it wisely and they use it wisely but then there's also this public perception that I'm going to give you that a hundred percent of money that I give you is going to go directly to the cause that I think, and and they kind of somehow miss that every single person working for that organisation is going to work for nothing, mm. and so when they see the audited accounts, you know, the the, the the post each year, and and there's this whole question around how much money actually gets spent on the service delivery, and you're like, well, actually, we need to pay people, and so that kind of I, that concept that donor money should be spent on people. Is is really needs it's a whole shift and changing and I, and I think it's getting there but there's mm-hmm. it's still a public perception that you know how how much in the dollar actually goes to the charity and 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 it's 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 been it's a been around a long time and and I understand why people get frustrated by that but and actually when you do say to them so do you want everyone in that charity to work for nothing they go well no of course not mm-hmm. you know and I think that potentially maybe you know I don't know if the messaging originally when charities set up was you know all your money goes to this charity was maybe the wrong kind of message at the beginning because it right. was never like that. Yeah. Um, I think had we set it up with the the right intentions and the message was always you know not kind of all, you know donate all your money to our, all your money will kind of go to this charity. So unpicking a lot of historic stuff there, I mm. think for charities. But which leads me to my my point I was trying to make was so they're so tight on the expenses. Um, 
and they really resist professional development for staff um, and you find it more with the big charities surprisingly enough um, and so we're here to educate fundraisers. We're here to pull in people from all over the world. We do a big annual conference every year and we do spend a lot of money bringing the best speakers from all over the world to New Zealand and um, uh, uh, the best in New Zealand to, to bring everyone together and share their stories, share their campaigns, um, what the future trends are, how you make mistakes, how you learn from your mistakes. I mean, it's, it's a brilliant conference. Um, and it will change, you know, how people can, can raise money. Um, and so... It's really challenging when people, you know, I'll ring people to say, you come into conference and I'm like, sorry, my, my budget hasn't been approved. And 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 it's just really frustrating that there, there's no value added in, in profession, professional development for staff. And the, the, the turnover, I mean, the stress and the turnover in fundraising is huge, 18 months turnover. And if you want to develop a lasting relationships, relationships are the key to all fundraising. And that goes across for regular giving, for major donors, for bequests, for events. If, and if you've got these relationships with key people, particularly your major donors and your people that are going to leave you a gift in their will, if you're turning over staff every year, there's not going to be that relationship formed. So you need to invest in your staff. And, and that comes with professional development, equip, equipping them with the skills to keep learning and mm-hmm. keep doing what they do. Um, I wrote in the recent magazine, there was a study um, done in 2015 by Adrian Sargent, who, um, who kind of worked out that for every... Um, for every piece of um, ed- professional education that fundraisers attended, returned um, approximately $27,000 back to that charity. And when you're faced with such facts, you think, wow, why, you know, you're looking mm. at a few hundred dollars to send them on this amazing PD um, and what they're going to learn, they're going to bring back to you um, in bucket loads. But that comes with a second part that I find difficult too. You, to a lot of um, organisations that do send their staff on PD, they're like, yep, we've done it. We've ticked the box. We're great, we're great employers. Well done. And then you come back to the office and um, you're not allowed to do anything that you right. learned. Um, and that, I've experienced that firsthand quite, uh, <laughs> yeah. And and there's nothing more frustrating than getting to go on an amazing um, PD course, learn so much stuff, come back and be so excited about wanting to implement some changes in how you fundraise, knowing that it's going to make more money for your organisation to be told, no, we're just going to do it like we always do. So there's there, there's got to be, you know, to, you've got to allow your staff to go and you've got to trust your staff to implement what they've learned. And if they don't, then it's, of course, it's going to be a waste of money they're going to see it as a waste of money because they'll be like oh well nothing changed (laughs) well nothing changed because you didn't let them do that so um and i think a lot of um a lot of ceos and boards and and i think people don't realize this in the charity sector don't know anything about fundraising Mm. Mm -hmm. and people and 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 i know that being a charity i know a charity is way more than just fundraising and boards responsibilities have you know everything from health and safety to the service delivery is is where they kind of focus their attention but to not um understand fundraising is is a big frustration for fundraisers yeah and I would say that there's also a flip side for the donors that the more trained a staff is, the more fi- effectively and efficiently they're going to spend <laughs> your dollars. Absolutely. Then 
one thing I'm, I had a look at, I was looking at the um, charities by income. So last year in New Zealand, um, the top 10 charities by income were um, predominantly, oh, the, there was four universities in the top 10, hardly surprising, um, Auckland Uni's at number one there. And so what that tells me is that the New, Ze- New Zealand public are committed to education because they're funding universities which tend to generally fund uh, scholarships um, or the, you know building new buildings. It's all going back into the university. So if the New Zealand public are okay to donate for their education, of course they're going to be okay with their money being used to educate fundraisers to right. make them more money. <laughs> and I think charities miss a real, a real, um, a real opportunity there to say to their donors and be honest and be like, yes, we are going to spend some of your money on professional development for our staff, but you know that that dollar that you have just given is going to be you know go so much further because we are going to make sure we've got the you know class a team on our on our books and they're going to be the best fundraisers Mm -hmm. and um they're going to yeah it just it all makes sense to me but it's not that easy doesn't it make sense to um no it's 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 a I'm, I'm bad, yeah I think it'll take a long time before it's an easy process for um, fundraisers to get it just ticked off easy mm-hmm. yeah there was a I think it was a TED talk many years ago um, about a man who had run an events company and so he helped out a charity um, and they ended up raising quadruple or something in the amount of money they had raised initially but then people just looked at the amount it cost mm. and it cost more than the other program but it raised millions yeah. of dollars more <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so there was uproar, the company was fired, and, and all of this, and it, and, and it really just does seem black and white yeah. to us. Yeah. And um, it's really just, it's so stuck in people's minds that, oh, well, a charity should all go to the, yeah. the kids that they're yeah. helping, or the dogs and cats, or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Um, and it is a really, really big thing to try and fix it is um, but we've got to start talking about it and we've got to start being honest and, and start saying you know that, that we're here and this is what we do and um, and yeah and, and using examples of people that are doing it really well and um, encouraging people to come to conference and encouraging people to become member of FINS the, the other big aspect of uh, um, the Fundraising Institute of New Zealand is that we hold the ethics and best code of practice for fundraising and we are the, the only body that holds that for um, in New Zealand and I think a lot of charities don't realise when they you know the value proposition comes into question membership time is always difficult for us it's the end of the year so membership renewals are going out um, beginning of December and we're always waiting for for how many members are going to write back and say, oh, I'm really sorry, we're just going, to, you know, we don't have the money this year, thanks. Um, and they'll say, oh, we didn't see any value in your membership, and and rightly so over the last few years, um, because we, I think we do, we, we did need to improve our value proposition, and we, we we've done a lot in that space in terms of what your membership does does um, deliver to you. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it. It, the, the core thing that it does is that it means that you're committed, here's your commitment to ethics and best code of practice for fundraising. There's 13 codes on the website that covers all aspects of fundraising and when you're a member of FINS you are stating that you um, you, you affirm your commitment to, to be an ethical and best practice um, fundraiser in New Zealand. So if you're not a member of FINS, there's nobody else that's, you know, there's nobody else holding that and, and quite just recently there was a charity um questions about how they spent their funds um, in one of the main newspapers and the week before I, I had a phone call from the press 
asking if I'd make a comment on the on the story and you know I check if they're members um, and if they're a member of Finns I'm able to say they are a member of Finns and as a member of Finns I they adhere to the ethics and best code of practice direct them to the codes on our website and and in a way kind of support that they are you know an ethical charity and, they, and they're doing what they should be but if they're not a member of Finns all I can say is I'm really sorry but they're not a member of Finns and and I think that's something that a lot of charities have have forgotten about too and I think that is where we all need to stand up together and say actually we you know we we do um we, we want to be part of Finns because it's just expected that that's what we'll we will do um mm-hmm. it's expected that we are accountable and like I say, you know, as I said earlier, the the, the younger donors um, are demanding that kind of um, commitment from from organisations in all walks of their life. So, in particularly in fundraising, they want to know that they are doing things ethically and and under the right terms. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's like another huge, important piece of yeah. work we do at Fins. It, it also helps to provide support because like you said earlier fundraising is hard Mm, (laughs) people really underestimate how challenging it is and while charities may not be as willing to nationalize and Mm -hmm. and share their dollar they are willing to share their knowledge and I have found that through Fins Mm -hmm. I have made amazing connections with people like you and others um, who will freely say oh well you can try this and we did this and we tested this and this worked and this didn't and um, where you don't often find that in a lot of other sectors and that's so important and that's what conference is all about too and you know we're, we're, we're bringing people who have tried and tested all of these things that you might not have the resources or the capabilities to try and they're 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 not just coming along with ideas that they think is a good idea they're coming along with fact-based um, education that they, they've tried and tested and they know works or they know it doesn't work. I think that's the other aspect is mm. learning about what doesn't work is just as important as learning about what does work um, just in case your organisation's going down a road that clearly didn't work for other organisations and you're absolutely right. I think the comradeship within the, the sector is great. We've got a mentor programme at Finns too and, and we, we you know join um, beginner fundraisers with experienced fundraisers and, and some people have gone you know that mentor programs completely change people's lives so that's really exciting and 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 yeah the vibe at conference is great people it's, it might be the only time once a year they connect and um and you're right it's all about that sharing and every session's engaged and and it's all about you know identify putting your hand up and, and being part of the discussion and saying oh this really worked for us and I think that's what people love the most about conference mm-hmm. is um the interaction with other charities and picking up on on what worked for them yeah, and as you're traveling down that road, also getting a little bit of validation that yeah, yeah. It, it, it is going to take a little yeah. while, but I am on the right track. Yep, yep, definitely. Um, and so you can go back to your your management and your board, and 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 with the, that evidence, and and yeah, you've got some some support there to say no, we are doing the right thing. It's just going to take a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. So in that in that vein of. Um, fundraising is challenging for those who aren't in fundraising Mm. but who donate or for those who are in fundraising what would you say are maybe your top two or three tips on what works or what doesn't that were really aha moments for you in your fundraising career I think 
like I, I think I did talk about earlier, if if you're a fundraiser or you're thinking about getting into it, you have to be, you have to be compassionate. You have to definitely, you have to have a why. You have to have a reason why. Um, and whether that's through um, lived experience, or whether it's through a friend or a family member's experience, or whether it's just something you've always been passionate about. I think if you don't have that why, you are not going to enjoy it, and you're not going to be the best. And that's I think at the flip side, the same for a donor. Why you give, you, you know, why you give money has to be, um, yeah, it has to be meaningful. It has to be uh, something. Again, why do you give your money? Why do you want to make a difference? Um, and what do you want to make a difference to? And once you find your why, I think um, it makes. It will just make sense, and and it'll just make the whole act of either giving or raising money much easier and much, um, much better, I guess. Mm. Um, and the other one is um, surround yourself with good people. Um, I think that's really important. Um, and um, being authentic, I think that's one of the things I um, have definitely been since I've been at Finns. Um, I've been nothing but me, mm-hmm. um, and. You know, I'm this uh, Scottish chick with bright pink hair who's got five kids and, you know, is uneducated and kind of, yeah, pretty, yeah, you know, interesting for some people and raised some people's eyebrows when I first got the post. I'm, you know, I'm wearing today jean and trainers and jeans. Um, I offer flexibility for the whole staff and, you know, I think it's it's it's, it's real and it's, it's, it's about being... Who, true to yourself and um, I think if you're authentic um, it's it's really important because people see past you pretty quickly mm-hmm. if you're not um, and one of my mottos has always been fake it till you make it a little bit too you know I've been in meetings where I've gone I don't know what they're talking about and then you go back to the office and you google and you're like oh thank god okay it's not that complicated I know what that's all about <laughs> oh, and I've got one more especially having worked in the university sector for a while no jargon mm. oh just tell it to me how it is yeah. Like, see, fancy words don't impress me. Mm-hmm. Um, really, they don't. Just talk to me like you would talk to me. And so don't try and bamboozle me with, with um, fancy words um, to make it sound more intelligent or whatever. It doesn't work for mm-hmm. me. I think people just want to hear it how it is. Um, so, yeah, no jargon. Be authentic and enjoy what you do. Yeah. And I, and I, a key takeaway um, that goes along with uh, don't use jargon and all that, um, if you're writing for a donor, they're so busy mm. and they are receiving so many other communications yeah. that you need to make it small, bite-sized, easy to comprehend. Yep. And it's just going to make your job easier too because you're just you're you're laying it out there in a clear, easy to understand format. Yep. And then everyone in the organization will easily understand what it is that you're trying to achieve. Yeah. Along with the people who you who you're who trying you want to, to reach. Yeah. 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 Definitely. <laughs> Again, it seems so black and white. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um and I what I loved was your vulnerability mm. that you um, showcased at the, the Finns mm. conference and, and sharing your background and where you mm. came from and um, I'm a big believer in the same thing and I think a lot of people in this sector really are um, a believer in being who you yeah. are and and being authentic and and I I can't stand when people say I'm just here for the paycheck because yeah. if you're in charity then yeah. that's the wrong place. Yeah. <laughs> yes, well, you're not going to get paid in that well anyway. <laughs> so good luck with that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and now that I've I've been on a board for my first time mm. for the first uh, for the last year and a half, um, start, starting a chapter of Big Brothers Big Sisters here in Wellington. 
which of course in the states is a massive charity everyone understands what it is yeah. as soon as you say and uh, here in New Zealand while it's been around for 20 years in various parts of the country it's really not that understood and so being on that governance side and being on that fundraising side yeah it's all hard. Yes, it, yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> but it's also worth it. Yeah, it is. It is. When at the end of the day you, you hear or you see or you, you get a letter or, you yeah, there, there there's some moments that just make it so worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got a few of those letters, you know, that I've kept from from people that I've, I've made a difference to and... Um, uh, yeah, and it's just lovely. You you can't buy that kind of. Um, it just keeps you going, you know. And people still write right into the Finns office, and um, I published my article in the the recent magazine that came out last week, and it must just be hitting desks like literally yesterday and today because last few days I've had a lot of people, few people saying, "Oh, I've just read your article. Wow, you're so brave." And and you know, it, 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 it it's great. It's it's lovely. But more than anything, I think when you you share that your reason why you're in the sector, um, and I and I just wanted to be authentic with our members I wanted to connect with them and it was my very first conference and because of that kind of slight prejudice around oh my who is Michelle um, she looks a little bit you know um, I it did get back to me that somebody had mentioned you know someone a CEO shouldn't have pink hair which um made me yeah it was it was interesting but you know I, I, I that's fine <laughs> maybe even more dedicated to the pink <laughs> <Yeah>. hair <laughs> like, okay um but I understand, you know, I, mm. I totally get it, um, and and so I, f- I just felt that it was, it was the right platform to share the kind of adversity I'd faced in my in my childhood and and the reason why I, I was was in this sector. Um, and what's so amazing about it is that um, for sometimes what can be quite a button-down society in New Zealand, we're quite chilled. But I also think that wearing your heart and your sleeve is is less common than than. And more common. That's not even good English there. <laughs> but um, you know, people aren't. Um, we're all we're super friendly over here and really chilled and things. But there's still a certain kind of barrier there sometimes. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, in every job I've been in, I've always been told, "Oh, Michelle, you wear your heart on your sleeve." Now sometimes it's kind of. Sometimes I'm like, oh, "What is it now? Are you saying that's a good thing?" <laughs> but then some other times I'm like, "Oh, you're telling me that's a bad thing." Mm-hmm. Um, and. Um, I think by sharing my story up on stage, a few people were like, wow, that was pretty intense because I did go into quite the details. Um, but it, then everyone else kind of relaxed and was, felt that it, it it created an open dialogue for everyone to start their own conversations. And mm-hmm. I think so many people came up to me at conference and shared quite intense conversations, quite, you know, I'd never met them. And then they're telling me these they, incredibly, um, you know, tough stories. And, but... And the feedback was too that even in each session, it allowed the um, the the speakers to p- potentially pick up on that and the vulnerability of fundraisers, and it just created a really cool, a really awesome dialogue for the whole conference that was open and honest and had never quite existed at Finns before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what's important when you're going to an annual conference with all your peers, whatever sector you're in. The idea that you go along and dressed in your best clothes and you want to, you know. 
that everything's great and I'm doing a great job and yeah I'm loving it and, and actually you just want to go in your jeans and just go oh god it's really shit you know it's <laughs> it's because these people understand yeah. where you're at you know they understand that it's campaign time or you're in the middle of I'm trying to get Christmas campaign out or, or with the street appeal or we've got our annual gala on whatever it is they totally get it because if you say to your friend oh you know I'm, you say how's work oh it's horrible street appeal they just look at you and like oh yeah they have no idea what that means right whereas you're with all these people that totally get where you're at and so I want to create a safe and comfortable environment at conference for you to come along um, and wear whatever you like be comfortable and be honest Mm -hmm. yeah and and it's really about setting that example not just for Mm. the Finns community but eventually that will help to to make the the rest of the the country become a bit more transparent and, and vulnerable and and there are you know crises of mental health all over the world um but yeah. it's it's very apparent here in new zealand as well and i think it's that whole stiff upper lip yeah. don't show emotion um that's that's a big part of it and um coming from the midwest in the u.s it's the same type of thing yeah. same uh, everything's wonderful yeah. you know we're called minnesota nice yeah. and and really inside <laughs> half of us are like ah. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 so i just think it's so wonderful when people do step up and and start setting that example and eventually it'll trickle down to everyone else yeah yeah no doubt yeah i hope so i i hope so um well certainly i won't be changing anytime soon (laughs) and i wouldn't want you to all right well any last words that you'd like to to share with anyone about um fins about yourself about charities no well just yeah, keep it real. Um, keep being generous and um, keep supporting all these causes because without your support, like I said, New Zealand will grind to a halt, and that is a, a you know that that is real. That's not an exaggeration. So, if you don't give, find somewhere to give to. Find somewhere to put that dollar or that hundred dollars. You know, every little helps. So, um, yeah help keep New Zealand the third most actually make New Zealand the most generous (laughs) country in the world Uh, third's good but we could be number one so Yeah. yeah just keep giving and keep being generous awesome thanks so much Michelle thank you Terry Today's guest was Michelle Berryman, Executive Director for the Fundraising Institute of New Zealand, also known as FINS. Thanks so much, Michelle, and thank you for listening to This Curious Life. Be sure to follow wherever you get your podcasts so you're notified when the next episode comes out. Artwork for This Curious Life is created by M. Simonic. Our music is created by Haley Fordyce. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. This curious life